Welcome to the Commercial Athlete Podcast, where we talk all things athlete branding and sports marketing. Listen in to hear all the latest industry news, personal stories, and career advice. Join Agency X Directors, myself, Lee Castledine, and Marketing Gun, Carly Green Medina. We're really excited that this is our first podcast for the commercial athlete, and today we'll be sharing a background of myself and Carly and why we do what we do, and also a bit of an insight as to some of the different topics that we'll be discussing in future podcasts. Enjoy. I'm pretty excited, Carly. This is our first podcast. Yeah, it is exciting. And it's nothing different than what we normally do. When we sit down, we normally chat for a couple of hours anyway. So I thought, let's just throw it in a podcast and see what happens. We've definitely got lots to talk about. <laughs> and we've got the Commercial Athlete Podcast. So this is uh, it's exciting times. I love talking about the commercial side of things when it comes to athletes and sports. So I suppose we're going to get stuck into it. And what better way, I think we should give ourselves a bit of a, a background update of who we are, where we come from. Do you yeah. want to go first or shall I go first? No. You're so good at this. You go first. <laughs> All right. My background. I played professional sport for a living. Uh, cricket was the sport, my chosen sport. And I played for Queensland for many, many years, probably about 10 to 15 years. A somewhat successful cricketer. Look, I didn't sort of break any records, but I held my own with regards to making sides and you know getting contracts year after year. Uh, I, I had a lot of injuries during my career. My body just could not stand cricket. <laughs> I think my brain couldn't stand cricket either, but my body couldn't really hold up to the rigours of being a professional athlete, especially especially cricket. I broke down a lot, and it came to the age of about 27 when I had a choice to make with regards to my back. I had a very bad back, and... Um, I need to make a decision as to whether I was going to continue playing and probably going to lose my contract within a year or two through poor, poor, sorry, we've got our producer Andy who's just crawling beside him, he's really in my eye line, he's putting me off, which is probably why I didn't make it as a top athlete because too many distractions, I didn't have that tunnel vision. The shiny objects. (laughs) So I, I had a... Long story short, I had a uh, a back operation and a spinal fusion, which basically rendered my career over. And it was a decision to make mainly for my lifestyle. I wanted to be there and play with my kids and have a life outside of sport. I had spent about two years in the wilderness trying to recover from that back operation. I got a really bad uh, infection as well, nearly took my life. Um, in that time, I used that time wisely and I studied and I worked because I was this one traditional, typical athlete who did not do anything while they were playing. I made a comeback at the ripe old age of 30, which doesn't really happen a lot these days. And I played probably the best years of my life afterwards. I played for about four or five years, travelled the world, playing T20 cricket, and just got to the point where my body sort of gave up after that. That put me in a good stead to transition out of the game a lot better than the first time when I was 27 I had no idea I had a mortgage I had a wife with a kid on the way we were doing a massive renovation and then all of a sudden bang my career was gone so it really sort of shook me around and I was in a pretty dark place after that the second time around when I was 34 35 I was in a much better position my networking skills were a lot better my life skills were a lot better my balance was a lot better I have no doubt that that sort of helped me play really good cricket when I retired, it was a different world and a lot of athletes go through a transitioning period and a lot struggle and a lot come out of it. I was make, I wanted to make sure that I got out of it a lot better than what I did the first time because I was in a really dark place. 
The second time around, I was a lot better. I still struggled a bit, and I think every athlete will struggle, regardless mm. whether you're a top-line athlete or a, you know, just a, a player who's play, probably played a couple of years. If you're a professional athlete, you will struggle at some stage, even if you get the best jobs or transition yeah. out of it. You still struggle mentally. The world for me opened up. I decided to get out of sport and out of cricket. I didn't want to go down the coaching lines, and um, I went out there and chased any opportunity. I knew that there were going to be a lot of different jobs and I knew there was going to be a lot of failures. Um, but probably six or seven years down the track, I found a bit of a niche and uh, I've got a commercial drone business now. I'm also working with you, with Agency X, which I'm really excited about. And also I do a lot of media work as well. So I've sort of found that niche. It's taken me a while. It's taken me a good sort of six, seven years since I retired playing cricket. You did forget reality survivor. I didn't know, whether I, was, I didn't know whether I was going to bring that up. <laughs> Uh, a couple of three or four years ago, I decided to throw my hat in the ring for a reality TV show. If you're going to pick a reality TV show, this one is the best one to to go into. It's Survivor. So, and I did really well out of that. And that was it's a whole other story. But I did really well out of Survivor. I made it through all the way to the end. I missed out on the money and the title. However, the opportunities that came from that. The world just opened up and uh, it's been a whirlwind sort of three or four years since. I've worked really hard but having said that there's been a huge amount of opportunities that have come out of it and I've chased every single one of them pretty much and here we are today. So exciting times and that's a bit about my background. Now how about yourself because I know a little bit about you. We have chatted a fair bit but I want to I dig a little bit deeper. We've, I think I've only scratched the surface. <laughs> right. Um, I guess so career-wise it kicked off. Um, when I finished uni, I was very fortunate that my family gave me a trip around the world. And so the first place I headed was the US. Um, landed in San Fran first, which I loved. Um, but I'd done gaming management at uni and I had my lecturer in my ear going, you got to go to Vegas. So sure enough, I landed in Vegas. Um, at that time, it was to have fun. A uh, little bit of work, but more the fun of Vegas. Like 90, 10, 90% fun, yeah, 10% work. 98 too, <laughs> um, if I was honest. Um, so I sort of, that was my introduction to Vegas. And then I left there and kept travelling and did the whole Europe thing and everything like that. Landed in London, realised that London wasn't for me, but half of Australia and most of my friends were there. So I went back to America to try to stay, but I wasn't able to stay. So I came back to Australia. It took me about 11 months to get sponsored to go back to the US um, and I was working at QUT here uh, doing events and things for them then and then so I went, got sponsored to go back to America um, but it was in a place called Laughlin which is like 90 miles south of Vegas. It's like uh, Vegas for old people that sits Retire. on the Colorado okay. River but 1500 room hotels you know and there's 10 of them and it's like a really fun place. They have like river run there where they get like 90,000 bikes into town, like Harleys and choppers and things like oh, that. So cool. awesome. Fun. Yeah. Again, fun, but a lot of work. Um, and that's when we started sort of, we'd have big celebrities come in, we'd have athletes come in and things like that. So I started to get exposed to what that world was like in America. Then I moved up to Vegas and I ended up doing about eight years in Vegas. And most of my time was with Caesars Entertainment. Um, I had a number of different roles with them. Some of them where I was corporate and travelled all around America. Um, but then my last role there, I was the director of national casino marketing for, we had seven properties across the strip. And my job was to bring in VIP players um, at the sort of top level and then sort of work with people from all around the country. So we had about 200 independent reps that would bring in gamers 
and about 47 branch offices across the country. So, Wow, that would have been some interesting stories. Yeah, not much surprises me about people anymore. (laughs) You would have seen everything, wouldn't you? (laughs) Seen a lot. That that world would have been – that's so different from the average – so different. and But what I saw really quickly was how good the celebrities in particular were at managing their brands and how tight they were on it. So like Elton John, for example, you weren't allowed to put his picture anywhere near me, you know, and they just had it to the T of what you could and couldn't do. Um, contracts were interesting, different sort of entertainers that would come in and ask for certain clauses to be removed and things like that, which would often tell what their personality was and where they were in their lives. Um and the insight to how they were managed as well and then had access to sort of athletes and that as well and you saw the good, the bad and the ugly there around management um, and you're talking a lot of money um, that the athletes were getting yeah. and, you know, a lot of them, everyone's heard the stories, they often come from not the best places and the best homes and, you know, there's a lot of advantage that's taken um, but they're really good at managing themselves whilst they're in their careers. I think the statistic is though they... Within three years, they've lost 75% of their money. And they're um, making good money too, these professional athletes in the States as well, aren't they? Phenomenal money. Millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in some instances. Yeah. and But some of them are so clever. I had the fortune of meet, meeting Shaq um, at a restaurant opening one night and he knew one of the people at my table and he came over to say hello and I'm a basketballer. Sorry, you know, I don't get in awe much, but I was a little bit fanstruck by Shaq and because of the size of him, he's, he's a big dude. And um, it took me, he spoke to me for about five minutes and when I sat down I realised that I had shared pretty much my entire story with Shaq and what I did. And then I sort of sat there and thought about it and goes, yeah, he completely lined me up for that. And he worked out very quickly what I could and couldn't do for him in my role there. And so I just, I was in awe of that, of just how clever a business person he was and being an athlete and he knew how to work it. So you've seen the best of the managers as well as the players as well, the smart ones, the not-so-smart ones, when we talk about athletes as well as managers, who gets taken advantage of, who are the smart athletes who look after themselves during their career and post-career. So you've got this wealth of knowledge, some pretty fun and interesting stories, which hopefully we'll delve into a little bit later in some of the other podcasts. I'm sure you've got a few good stories. Yeah, great stories. And then you brought it out to Australia. Now you're obviously living here in Australia. Yeah, so then came back home to work in the casinos here. So I worked for Star Entertainment for about five years. Um, Same thing there, bringing in different sort of celebrities and entertainers for different things and what I saw really quickly was that they just weren't good at managing themselves and their brands and how they could commercialise opportunities um, and in some deals it became a little frustrating either dealing directly not so much the celebrity side but the athlete side either dealing direct with the athlete or with their managers um, they were either just weren't getting the value that I knew that they could ask for like I knew what my budgets were um, and or the agent just couldn't give me as a marketer the information I needed to get those deals done. So after a while I left the casino, delved in a couple of other little things and I was frustrated with dealing with the athletes and then that sort of became the beginning of Agency X and wanting to work with athletes and sort of, you know, educating and also giving the opportunities for them to make the best of what they could within the limited time that they have. Plus, I'm a bit of a sporty and I don't mind watching a bit of it as well, so that helps. I reckon you watch about 40 hours a week of sport. Yeah, pretty much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a bad job though, is it? You have to. It's part of your job. Yeah, I, I don't You need complain. to know how your athletes are travelling, whether in a good headspace or not, and uh, with the performing and things like that. So, yep. And how long are you 
you've obviously you opened Agency X eighteen months ago. Is that right? Yeah, it's about two two so coming years. Up two years yeah, yep. yeah. I did a bit more study in between as well um, through Duke University and Columbia in the US around sort of the digital side of it, and that's sort of where I struggled with some of the um, managers in that in particular is that they didn't understand that side of it, and so I just sort of wanted to you know build my own knowledge around it a bit more as well, and then. Brought out Agency X. So you basically, all of your experience and what you've learned over in the States, you, you've brought back home to Australia and you've seen that there are opportunities, you know, both for yourself but also for athletes and even managers to try and emulate what they're doing in the States. And we always seem to be a little bit behind in Australia with regards to how, <laughs> I'll say a little I'd bit behind. Seven, like, to <laughs> seven, seven to ten in years. Some things. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with the advent of social media, the way that players can brand themselves, you know, there's no mistake that they're doing it a lot better over there in in America. And I don't know why we're not doing following suit, whether or not there's the market for it or whether, you know, we have the numbers for it or whether it's a cultural thing and we're a lot more laid back and we seem to, if, if an athlete is out there and it's out pushing themselves and sort of getting out there and being very hyped up about themselves, whether or not that's frowned upon amongst fans you know it's, yeah. it's a bit of a cultural thing they they tend to love that thing in the states where they're going out there and they love their heroes and they love players and athletes talking themselves up and i don't know whether that's why you know why we don't do that here in australia and and but there is a changing way um yeah. of how we go about things as athletes as well i i think it's a mix of, sort yeah. of everything that you spoke about and it was interesting because i started agency x really with the idea of it just providing marketing services to athletes and then once I started to interact with the athletes, they were like, no, actually, can you manage some of these deals for us? No, at first it was like, oh, that's not really what I do. Yeah. And then they, well, I can do that sort of thing. And I realised that they really needed that and that's not what their player agents were doing. So, And then as I was giving them ideas of what they could do as well in using that sort of platform where it wasn't that they – they were sort of thinking that it was all about self-promotion and everything like that. And when I re- when they realised it wasn't, like some of it was starting their own businesses and things like that or, you know, just putting their face to something isn't, you know, athlete turned pumping yourself. It's making yeah, money for yourself. Exactly. Why wouldn't you do that? So then that's where Agency X Talent started. Um, and it's funny because I've worked with a number of clubs and teams in that now and one of the first things that they say is, you know, we don't want to be pumpers. And the example I use is, look, if I walked up to you, Lee, and said, hey, Lee, give me 5000 bucks, and I'm not going to give it back to you, would you give it to me? You can say no, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be offended. But you, you wouldn't, right? And sort of when athletes are ragging on each other because someone's out doing social media and doing like, you know, old brand endorsements and things like that, it makes them want to stop, particularly the young fellas, and exactly. they don't want to do it. And it's essentially taken $5,000 away from them for, and not getting anything in return. Well, I was a part of that when I was young and, and playing and if there are opportunities, and I think it's it's a bit of a jealousy thing as well um, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of um, peer pressure on players going out there and actually making some money and, and creating some opportunities for themselves outside of the game, which I think is great for their balance anyway. Um, people seem to think that, or probably coaches tend to think that it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. But I think any time that you can get mentally away from the game is is good for you. And you're right. I remember a couple of opportun- early opportunities that I had, and they weren't great opportunities. But I was out there in the public eye and doing some, you know, had some good commercial opportunities. 
And oh my goodness. And I still cop it now. I cop it heaps from my mates. Now yeah. I'm a bit older, I can handle it. I take it in jest. But the stuff I do on social media, I'll have a half a dozen of my mates who go to town on me for certain things I do. I don't care now, but if I was a 20-year-old coming into a system, I would go, oh, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to do this. And you're right. It's just essentially taking money away from a, a, an opportunity from a young kid. Yeah. Or, 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 someone, or your yeah, friend. Or your like, friend, yeah. Yeah, your teammates. And that's the boys and the girls. You yeah. Know, it's across both of them. So you wouldn't do that to your family and you wouldn't do it to your friends. So it's hard to understand why you do it to your teammates and plus the other benefit is too if they're promoting themselves they're promoting your club they're promoting your sport which in turn puts bums in seats and brings in sponsors to your club and ultimately helps pay you more so there should be encouragement for it yeah the trickle down effect i don't think people understand where the money comes from and how much it can help the industry that you're in the more money that flows into your industry the more opportunities there are whether it be through playing through contracts through other commercial opportunities as well because as i said the more bums on seats the more people watching the game the more sponsors want to get involved and the more commercial deals are done as well so um but they don't have that a lot of athletes don't have that big bigger picture um a lot of there's a lot of jealousy out there as well with regards to why is player x use x (laughs) um, why is player x getting those deals when i am the same athlete and i've done if not more than that other athlete. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's because that athlete, Player X, actually has a good manager and a good agent and a good brand. Yep. Um, that's part of the – That's part of most of the time that's why they get that deal. The other person who may have better numbers, may have better statistics, um, probably a higher profile in the game but not a higher profile outside of that sport, they don't get the deals and they, they left – they're left scratching their head as to why the deals aren't coming, you know, into their inbox, um, yeah. and that's and then that that breeds jealousy as well and anger and resentment and all those sort of other emotional feelings when someone else is getting the deals and you're not. Yeah, there's definitely a belief I think from some athletes that once they w- reach a certain level, it should just happen. Brands should just be, you know, knocking on their door saying, "Here's two hundred grand. Can you put your face to it?" And that's it, and not yeah. do a lot of work for and, it. That and just not doesn't provide happen. any value as well. Yeah. Just put your face to this. You don't have to do any work. There's two hundred k. Yeah, the deals, those deals, just don't come. No. They can't. They never <laughs> come around. You know, I don't. I've never don't. had one. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's a it's a good little summary. Um, you know, as to my background and your background as well, and why I suppose we're talking about and, and doing podcasts because there's heaps to talk about and hopefully in the in the next few episodes we'll dig into I suppose my background your background a bit more and some of the things that have worked and have not worked as well yeah. in the industry and there's a lot to talk about and I suppose we're here to change the way things are done especially with athletes and with agents and with sporting organizations and we just feel that can be done a lot better as yeah well. absolutely and I think before we wrap up, we haven't really introduced the commercial athlete and so and what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think sort of a part of the journey of Agency X and sort of the evolution of what's happened with it was um, getting a lot of athletes where I realised that they actually needed to be educated, that they, they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing and their agents didn't know what they were supposed to be doing either. And so that sort of started the whole education arm of Agency X, which has turned into the commercial athlete. Exactly. So and you provide you know, workshops, one-on-one workshops, as well as you know, going out to sporting organisations, as well as sporting teams, squads, 
Um, and I wish that this was around when I was playing because I would have listened intently. And even though social media didn't exist when I was around, there still would have been ways where I thought, actually, there's, that's something I could do. And I would have taken that information and at least if my manager wasn't involved, I could educate my manager. This yep. is what we need to do. So I think it's vitally important. I think it's, it's moved more than just athlete plays, athlete does well, athlete gets the deals. It's, it's got to change and it yeah. is changing. And the ones that are smart are already on this bandwagon and they're already doing things and they're looking after themselves outside of the sport because it, sport is fickle. Yeah, you know, it's fickle in every sense of the way. It, it it can just turn on you so quickly and you need to have a backup plan. And we've always say that. If you have a backup plan with regards to commercial opportunities, education, um, you know, getting in there and, and at least providing some sort of work maybe, then mm-hmm. it just takes that pressure off, you know, that you can go out there and play with the freedom as well. So it's yeah, as I said, I wish that this was around when I was um when I was playing, it's not, but it is now, and I'm actually learning off you as well because I'm still in that space of, you know, obviously got a social media profile, I'm out there a lot as well, and I'm learning, and I'm actually, you're, you know, you're my agent, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So you're working with me on how yeah. we can best um, promote my brand out there and maximise opportunities. So it's I'm living and breathing it as we speak. I'm not just sitting here saying, oh, that's great, Carly, that's really nice, but how to implement myself. We're actually going through that process of implementing a strategy for myself at the moment so hopefully you should all share some of that information with everybody and let everyone know what we're up to yeah awesome cool until next time until then (laughs) thanks for listening to the commercial athlete podcast make sure to like subscribe give us your comments and tell us what you want to hear more of catch you next time and if you want to connect with us agency x on facebook instagram and linkedin